Ketubot Taf Yotet, the last thing we're discussing was a Braita, where it says that witnesses are not believed to say that this document that they're signed on is false, according to Rabbi Meir, and Hachamim say they are believed. So now we understand, according to Rabbanan, that the reason is a Peshasar, it was a Peshaitir, they're the ones who say the guy owes the money, we're telling you that this is wrong. But according to Rabbi Meir, why don't we believe them? Now I understand why Rabbi Meir would say by Pesulei Aidut, we don't believe them because there's a hazakah that when a lender uh, gives out money, he's going to make sure kosher witnesses are signing. And same thing with the, if, they, if they said they were ktanim, when we do a, a contract, we're going to make sure that the idim are not ktanim. We're going to check into that also. But let's say they said anusi, the guy put a gun to our head. Why would it be Meir not believe them there? And with that, we are starting Yotet Amud Aleph, second line in towards the end of the line where it says Amar of Hasda. So Amar of Hasda the reason we don't believe the uh, Aidim when they said we were Anusim, according to Rabbi Meir, because Kasavar Rabbi Meir, Aidim she'amru lahem haitmu sheker ve'al tehargu, yehargu ve'al yahtemu sheker. Rabbi Meir holds, if someone told someone, sign this document or I'm going to kill you, and the guy knows it's false, get killed and don't uh, sign your name on something that is false. And the idea is, according to Ramban, of course, you don't have to give up your uh, life for this, but uh, there is a midat hasidut, to give up your life on not signing on something that is uh, false. And the Ramban explains that they're not believed to say that they weren't hasidim. That's the Ramban's, uh, more Bishonim also like that. The Ra'ah explains that sometimes signing a lie or saying a lie is so bad in people's eyes, they're willing to die and not uh, sign uh, something that is false. But let's say these people came to ask us and they told us someone came to, to me and said sign this document or they kill me what would we have told them we would have told them go uh, sign the document and don't get killed the Amar more we know this famous uh, nothing stands in front of life and death there's they kill yourself and don't do it to be with someone you're not allowed to be with and uh, killing someone these are the big three signing a false contract is not one of the big three now that they already signed, you're going to ask them why they did it? Of course it was allowed. We knew that it was going to be allowed. We have to say that Rabbi Meir's reason is not because a person has to kill himself not to sign something false. Rather, his reason is, if a borrower admitted that he wrote up this document and the lender does not have to uh, prove it. He doesn't have to bring witnesses to prove this. Therefore, when they come and they say it wasn't us, uh, we don't believe them. Meaning their peshasar, doesn't work over here. And it's a mahlokit over here between the Ra'a and Tosfot. According to Tosfot, even if uh, the borrower does not admit, still he does. Uh, still, we don't believe the witnesses. And the Ra'ah says we only don't believe the witnesses if the borrower is uh, admitting. Now the Gemara wants to go back a second to what Ravuna said. If the borrower is admitting that he wrote this, you don't need witnesses to uh, to verify this document or to verify the signatures. So Amadir Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman told Rav Huna, Ganuva Ganuve Lamalach. 
Why do you have to act like a thief? Why do you have to say things in a sneaky way? Why do you have to make it sound like nobody's arguing with you? If you hold like Rabbi Meir, who's the minority opinion, just say that straight out, that you hold like Rabbi Meir, that, uh, that we don't believe the witnesses. Don't say that uh, it's like a deen on your own, so, so no one argues with you. So what do you hold? When they come to us to betin, we tell them zilu Go verify your documents. Then come to betin. If the document is not verified, the 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 lender could always say, "I already paid." Therefore, verify this is a kosher contract. It's it's still intact before we even discuss anything. And Amarav Yehuda, Amarav HaOmer, if a person says about a document that it's a shtar amanahuze, it's a trust document, meaning I wrote it up and I gave it to him, but uh, I didn't borrow the money from him. It's just a trust. I mean, when I do uh, borrow money from him, the, the, the document's already there. In Oneiman, he's not believe. Deka Amar Man, wait a second. So who's saying this is a trust document? Ilma Deka Amar Lovif, the borrower is saying that Pshita. Of course, we don't believe him. Uh, who does he think he is? He think he has the power to destroy a contract and witnesses and everything. So let's say the lender says it. Why don't we believe him? He should be blessed. He's he's letting go a loan, money that's coming to him. He's honest. We should believe him. He's deserving of a blessing. He's giving up money that was easily coming to him. Okay, let's say the Idim are saying it, the witnesses are saying it. Well, if their signatures have been verified on different documents and we could see it's the same one, then then for sure we don't believe them as we saw in the Mishnah on the last Amud. And if uh, there's nowhere else that has a signature and we're only going by their word, why shouldn't we believe them? So the Gemara answers, Siman Ba'ash. Now the Ba'ash is the Bet for Rabbah, Aleph for Abayeh, and Shin for Rabbashe. So number one, the Bet, Amar Rabbah, Le'olam Amar Loveh. Now we're talking about a situation where the borrower said it. And uh, how, why, why should we believe him? If the borrower admits that he wrote this contract, then we don't believe him when he says he paid, and the lender does not even have to prove it. And Rav Yuda wants to teach us that even when the, lend, when the borrower is saying it's a shtaramana, just a trust document, there was never a loan, still... The lender doesn't even have to prove that it's a true document. It's automatically we're taking it as true until it's proven otherwise. No, we're talking about a situation where the lender is saying that this was a trust document and still we don't believe him. It's a type of situation where by admitting to this document, he's losing out. Other creditors of this lender say he owes us money, he owes us money, he owes us money. So by saying that this document is true, they're just going to take that money. He doesn't want them to take that money, so therefore he's just saying it's a false document. How do we know that if a person is owed money by one person and that person is owed money by a different person, how do we know how do we know that we take from Reuven 
And instead of giving it to Shimon, his creditor, we give it to Levi, who who is owed money by Shimon. So we skip one over. How do we know that? You're allowed to do such a thing. You give from one person one to person three. You skip person number two. You give it to whoever the guilt was done to him. Meaning, it doesn't say you give it back to whoever it's owed to. Rather, you give it back to whoever is guilted. So meaning you don't you skip over Shimon. So Ruven doesn't pay Shimon, he pays Levi. You're allowed to do that. It says Venatan Lasher Asham Lo. that's number three. No, we're talking about a situation where the Aidim came and said it. We're talking about a situation where there is nowhere else where their signature is on. I mean we can't verify their signature. Utkaamat Amailomehimne when you said, Why shouldn't we believe them? Right? Uh, they have a Peshe Asar, Peshe Tir situation. No, the answer is, I, I would say not to believe them, Kid Rav Kahana. The Amar Rav Kahana, Asur lo la'adam sheshe shtar amana betoch beto. Rav Kahana says there's a prohibition on putting a trust document in your house, to keeping it in your house, meaning a document that says you owe someone money when you never borrowed the money. Mishum she'ne'emar, because the Pasuk says, Al tashken be'ohalecha avla, do not leave something that is an injustice in your house. What do you learn from Afghana? When witnesses say that our words in this document was just as a trust document and there was no loan in their money, you can't believe them. Because since it's an injustice, Normal good kosher Jews are not going to sign on something that might hurt someone else. No one's going to uh, sign off on an injustice. And on that subject, a person cannot leave in his house a contract that he already paid. In a, you can't put that in your house. You can't leave in your house an injustice. They say in the name of Rav. If there's something wrong in your house, get it out. Make it go far. What is that talking about? A trust document, as we just explained. And Ishtar Pasim is where your friend writes you that uh, he owes you a lot of money. So this way you could walk around and show people, hey, I'm a rich guy, lend me money. And it's an injustice because you're obligating yourself to pay just in case uh, this guy is crazy enough to pull it out in Betin, you hayav. And when it says, do not put something that's an injustice in your house, that's a, that's a contract, a document that you already paid back. So now, according to Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, who said that a document that was already paid all the more so a trust document you shouldn't uh, ever keep in your house. And according to Rav, who said it's talking about a trust document, a document that you already paid, it's not part of that isur of keeping an injustice in your house. Because sometimes there's just another couple of dollars left to pay for the lawyer fees, the, uh, the scribes fees, whatever it is. So it's not an injustice. He just keeps it there for another couple of days until the person pays for it. Itman, it was said, Sefer she'eno muga. If you have a Sefer Torah, Navi, Ketubim, that has mistakes that they haven't fixed, Amar, Biyami, Achil, Shim, the first 30 days, Mutar, Shoto, you'll have to keep it until you fix it. 
Mikan ve'elach after thirty days, asula shoto. You know how to keep it in the house. Mishum shneemar al tashken bo'alecha abulah. Do not keep an injustice in your house. And over here we get into the sugya that uh, if there is any issue with a gemara or a sefer, you're, you're not allowed to just uh, fix the book if you think there's a mistake over here. Unless you know for sure there was a typo, okay, then you could fix it. But if you have a svara to say that impossible that uh, this uh, author meant this, and then you want to change it in the book, you're not allowed to do that. There's a harem rabbinu tam not to mess around with uh, svarim like that. And the same idea, same concept when it comes to uh, different nosha'ot, when it comes to the mahzorim, sidurim, you have to be careful unless you know 100% sure. Now, there's a famous da'at coin that says that the we do hold that you can't keep it, but that's only with books that people learn out of. A lot of our sifre Torah, they just keep it in the hechal. So maybe you could keep it in the hechal until we're able to get it fixed, even if it's more than 30 days. And it's a very interesting sugya. What do you allowed to fix? What do you not allowed to fix? And Amar Abn Nachman, Aidim Shamru, Amanayud Varenu, if witnesses say that this was not a real loan, we just wrote it and nothing happened yet, we don't believe them. But if they said that before this document was given over, this person made a claim in front of us to say, he never wanted to sell this land, they only forced him to sell the land, again, we don't believe them either. More If they say it was just a trust document, we don't believe them. But if they say we only signed this, but he made a, a claim in front of us that, that he was done, he sold this under force, we believe them. What's the difference? The shtar moda'a is allowed to be written. He's in Anus, and like some uh, Mefashim explained, you could, they could go on the side and write that it was done under the rest, it's not real. But an Amana is not allowed to be written. We said it's an Avla. So, Rabba asked a question to Rav Nachman. If witnesses said, The land was sold on condition, and we never saw that the condition was met. What's the Halakha? Meaning, do we say dafka by a moda'a where the person said, I am being forced, or by a trust, dafka there, we don't believe them. And the reason is because because they cancel out the entire document. Also, they're canceling out the document, and therefore we don't believe them by the condition, or maybe. Or maybe the whole Torah of conditions is a totally different thing, and you have to do the condition. So Rav Nachman told Rabbi, when they come to Betin, first go deal with the, the condition, and then come to Betin, meaning he believes the witnesses. So now that leads us to another question. One witness said there was a condition, one says there wasn't. And Papa said, listen, at the end of the day, they're both testifying that this is a kosher document. And the one who's saying there was a condition, he becomes one witness. Versus two. And it becomes one versus two, the two witnesses that are signed on this good document, and one versus two, we all know, doesn't work. Even both of them also. 
if they both come and say that this document had a condition, we shouldn't believe them because it becomes two against two. Ela, you have to say, I mean, you have to say that these two witnesses are coming to knock out, to cancel out their testimony, meaning there was a condition. If it doesn't do the condition, we canceled out everything. And you have to say, Hainami, the same thing with one uh, the, uh, one witness, also, the he's also coming to cancel out his uh, testimony. And the halacha is like Rav Huna, that even if one witness is saying there was a condition over here, we take his word and we make uh, the, the person keep the condition. Now, let's go back to the Mishnah. We said that witnesses who say that uh, we were anusim, we were forced that, uh, or we were psul, or whatever it was, if their signature is verified on a different document, or we know their signature from other places, then we don't believe them. They have to bring proof. Two witnesses are signed on a contract, umet, when they died. And they can't testify that this is their signature. And two people from the market come and say, We know this is their handwriting. But they were anus. They were forced to sign. They were big time gamblers. You have to believe them because, again, they're the ones who said that it is their signature. They're also the ones who negated the entire thing. If there's witnesses that this is their handwriting or their signature was on a different document and we can see it's the same and it was on a document it was a document that someone claimed it was false and they brought it to Betin and Betin verified that this is his signatures and this is a kosher uh, contract then en elune manin we don't uh, believe these people who said that they were forced. Umagbina be kebishtara mealia, and we we extract payment from this uh, contract like a regular normal contract. So the gemara says veamai, but why tere utrenin? It becomes two versus two. You have witnesses in the document that say that there was a loan, and then you have witnesses that say it was no good. Rather, Amarav Sheshat Zotomeret, what do you understand? The fact that you could regular get payment from this contract, like with no problem, and we have to say that these witnesses that are saying that uh, this the witnesses on the contract were no good, since they're not in their face, you have to say Hachasha when contradicting witnesses is Tehilat Hazamahi. It's the the beginning stage, the beginning process of making idim zomemin, uh, witnesses that are conspiring to do something wrong, something evil. And the rule with uh, conspiring witnesses, the same way you cannot testify against witnesses unless it's in their face, in their presence, and otherwise you can't uh, make them pay for their false testimony. So if they try to make someone... Uh, pay for something or they try to have someone killed then you would have to make them pay or have them killed you have to have they have to be in their presence the witnesses have to see each other same thing you cannot contradict any witness unless they're alive and in your presence and the only thing they could do is cancel out their testimony but you cannot be anyone and that's Rabbi Akiva Eger's explanation that hasha is the beginning process to hazama. The Ritaba, he explains that, no, it just means they have the same halachot, that it has to be done in, in the face of the other witnesses. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem, Amen, Amen.